Hey guys, thank you so much for tuning into this podcast. I want to invite you to stay updated with me on social media and see what we are doing in the ministry. You can follow me on Facebook at John Wallace. You can follow me on Instagram at Jonathan R. Wallace. And you can follow our YouTube page at New Beginnings Huntington. I pray this message builds your faith and gives you revelation. Let's get ready for the Word of God. Hallelujah. Everybody else, if you have your Bibles, I want you to turn to Mark chapter 5. We'll be reading Mark Mark chapter 5, 14 through 20. I'm also going to kind of set the foundation. This is the last day of our series. I don't know about you guys, but I have thoroughly enjoyed this series. I've loved it. It's been it's been a lot of fun. It's been super cool. You know, I didn't I didn't know why the Lord had me do this. But we kind of built this whole series off of a Facebook post that we're going to show. Uh, and it sounds weird, like, right? Why would you do that? But as we've been going through this, I've just seen that in this little post and how we've been breaking this down, there's so many basic principles to teach people that we can all learn from. Bible principles, how to live life, opening our eyes, putting us on the right path. So I'm excited. Today we're wrapping this up. We've been at this for several weeks. It's going to be awesome today. It's going to be great. So if you're taking notes, you got a bulletin, you can take notes on the back. The title's already on that bulletin. We'll put it up. Nine ways to fight an antichrist system. I believe all of you have been here to at least one part of this series. So you, you kind of know the foundation, but I'll just quickly reference something for those watching online that haven't tuned in. So 1 John 4.3 says this. If someone claims to be a prophet and does not acknowledge the truth about Jesus, that person's not from God. Here's the part I want you to see. Such a person has the spirit. Can you say spirit, spirit. of the Antichrist, which you heard is coming into the world and indeed is already here. So we've built this whole series and in, in, in this foundation understanding. The Bible says that the Antichrist is not simply a person. The Antichrist is a spirit. So the Antichrist is going to be a physical person that comes into this position of power in the future, in the book of Revelation, but there's also a spirit, and that spirit's not coming. The Bible says that spirit is already here and at work among us. So what we as Christians need to be able to do is identify that spirit and then have proper action to to stand against it, to resist it, because the Bible says resist the devil and he will flee. Can you say he'll flee? But you can't resist something that you're ignorant of. Amen. You can't resist something that you can't see. You can't stand against an opponent if you can't see it. And so this has been really instrumental just to help open our eyes. You know, as we watch the news, as you see the stuff that's going on in the world around us and this political talk and all these moves that are taking place, there's so many Christians. They're good-hearted people. (coughs) Excuse me. They're loving people. I think that they have good intentions, but they're being led astray because they don't even know what to look for. Amen? They're just simply doing what everybody's telling them to do, what the culture is telling them to do, what certain Christian leaders are telling them to do, and they're being led astray at actually following in line with the spirit of the Antichrist. Amen? So, we've been breaking this down. Another kind of subtitle for this series is not just nine ways you can fight the Antichrist system, but nine revolutionary things to do in 2021. 
So there is this spirit that's on the earth that's at work. It's at work in the United States. It's at work in Texas. It's at work in our culture and this generation and this time that we live in. So here's the question that we've been asking. What can me and you do about it? What can we do about it? And I'm going to tell you, we've, we've said this several times, but if you haven't written it down, write it down today. Don't spend your life worrying about things that are outside of your control. So many people spend their time stressing, worrying, talking about, you know, and I'm not saying that we don't have conversations, but they just spend all of their energy, their brain power, their focus, their attention about worrying about things that are completely outside of our realm of control. So this series has been about how can I, how can I really focus on what can me and you do? Normal people, right? I'm not the governor. You're not the governor. Maybe you will be one day. You're not the mayor. I'm not the mayor. I'm not the president of the United States. You know, what can we actually do every single day to bring change in the generation that we live in and the community that we live in? So these is nine revolutionary things to do in 2021. Let me give you the eight that we went over. Number one, we said get married, right? Who would have thought in 2021 getting married would actually be revolutionary in the culture that we live in? People just don't get married anymore. People don't you know, obey the word of God. Number two, raise godly children. How can I be revolutionary in 2021? I'm going to raise my children in the church. I'm going to raise my children up in the ways of the Lord. The Bible says when they're older, they won't depart from it. Number three, here's how you can be a revolutionary Christian in 2021. This is revolutionary, guys. You ready? Believe every word of the Bible. Wow. Right, who would have thought that that's the point that we come to in Christianity? We're like a black sheep if you're actually a Christian that believes the Bible. Amen. Not just this is a book of suggestions. This is a book of historical facts. This is a book of principles that we need to kind of discern how to apply today. No, Jesus said in John chapter 14, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and nobody comes to the Father except through me. Jesus also said the word of the Lord remains forever. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but the word shall remain. Are you with me? So how can I be revolutionary in 2021? Fear God above man. Can you say fear? fear. This is the last day, so I'm just giving you a recap. I want you to get these things. Be a Christian that fears God over any man, any government, any leader that's on this earth. Amen. How can I be revolutionary in 2021? Give generously. Give, be a generous person. Be a generous giver. Number six, how can I be revolutionary in 2021? Look at this, guys. Choose gratitude over victimhood. Wow. We live in a time of victims. We live in a time of, you know, sensitive. I saw in Australia, I was watching this report where this, where this athlete literally came out and simply said, you know, God loves you, but the Bible says that Jesus Christ is coming back and all of us are going to stand before him and give an account. You know, something very basic that Christians believe that Christians, mainstream Christians across the board, across the board that believe the Bible, believe that to be true. In Australia, literally, they started putting pressure on this guy, trying to remove him from the professional sport that he was in, saying that that was hate speech, right? Because there was a person, and I'm not hating on any community. I love everybody. But there was a person in the LGBTQ community that heard that and said, I think that that's hateful. 
I think that that's hateful towards me and my community. So they begin to literally, you know, defame this person and remove him from being a professional athlete in the country, Australia. That's just crazy because that's literally a, a spirit that's in this generation where people just act like victims. They're just a victim of everything. So you could be revolutionary if you're a person that chooses gratitude over victimhood. I'm going to be thankful. Amen. I'm not going to be complaining, negative, sourpuss, negative Sally type person. I'm going to choose gratitude every single day and wake up and say, this is the day the Lord has made. and I'm going to rejoice and be glad in it. Father, thank you for what you've given me. How can I be revolutionary in 2021? By land. We went over that pretty extensively. Not a super spiritual principle. Uh, it is, but it isn't. But as you see this push of the spirit, they're trying to get me and Chris were talking. I'm not trying to get into conspiracies, but anybody live down 2109? Have y'all been losing power off and on? I've been losing power. I know the Skelly's been losing power. Uh, people have been talking about, you know, I don't know. This is just like a theory. It made me think of this. I'm not saying this is what's happening. But we've been talking about these like rolling blackouts where they're intentionally, you know, shutting off power. Uh, and then you ask people in the city, like, are you guys losing power? And people in the city are like, no, we're good. We're not losing any power. And me and Krista were driving home and she said something that made me think. She's like, there's no way they're going to shut off Lufkin for two hours. Right? There's no way that they would do that. And she said, I feel like they're doing this because they're, they're, they're trying to push people, right? Like, I don't want to live out here. Let's go move into the city. They don't, they don't do this in the city. And, and there's this push of getting people out of private land ownership and into cities, into government-owned facilities and government-owned homes. I'm not telling you that's what's happening, but I'm saying, I don't know. I'm not saying it's not what's happening. <laughs> Y'all with me? So buy land. Get away from government dependency. Amen. Believe God to make you a fortified city. You and your family, that you are secure, you're provided for, and that your life goes on with or without them. Amen. That's where we should all set our faith to come to that place of provision in our life, and the Lord will do it. Number eight, how can I be revolutionary in 2021? Forgive and forgive quickly. Don't be offended. Don't walk around in offense. Don't walk around negative and hurt all the time. Be a person that forgives when people wrong you. Forgive quickly. And last week we said not only forgive, but forget. We're not only called to forgive, we're actually called to forgive how He forgives. How Jesus forgives. How the Lord forgives. Forgive as I have forgiven you, Jesus said. How has He forgiven us? We broke that point down last week. He forgives everybody of all things all the time. And he doesn't only forgive, he forgets. Can you say amen? amen? Let's get into the sermon today. Father, I thank you for the Holy Spirit. I thank you, Lord, that as we teach these basic fundamental Bible principles, that it would just help us lay a firm foundation in our lives. That we will stand on your word as we apply these things. And your word says in Matthew 7, that when the wind blows... The flood waters rise. The rain comes down that we will not be shaken. We will be like a house that's built on the bedrock because we've built our lives on your word. We trust you. We believe you. And we ask the Holy Ghost to speak through me today as I preach and give everybody something that they can learn and take away from this in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Today, write this down. This is the final point. 
Now I can slow down. I'm like over here, going nuts, laying a foundation for you. Let's slow down now. Today. Can you say today? This is the point today, the final point. How can I be revolutionary in 2021? And this is actually probably the greatest way. If you want to know how you can truly fight against an antichrist system and an antichrist spirit, this is what you need to do. This is the most powerful thing you can do. Share the hope of Jesus. Share the hope of Jesus. Hallelujah. I want to tell you, the answer to this country is the gospel. You actually read in the book of Acts, the Lord showed me this one day and it just stopped me in my tracks. In the book of Acts, Paul actually came into a city and it says that his message went far and it had profound effect to the point where literally the idol making companies began to shut down. This is, think about this. If you read in the book of Acts, Paul's ministry in this city was so profound that it literally began to shut down the idol-making industry. I remember I read that and the Lord spoke to me. He said, John, did that city pass any laws against it? No. Right? He said, did that city make it illegal to buy idols? No, they didn't make it illegal to buy idols. Did they demand that people not do it? No, they didn't demand people wouldn't do it. So what happened? People's hearts began to change. And literally, what was the effect? They stopped buying idols. So the Lord just gave me this word. And I said, Lord, I'm believing for the day where Planned Parenthood gets shut down. And it's not just because we have a president that makes it illegal. It's because people are getting born again and they're not getting abortions anymore. And so it goes defunded because nobody's doing it. Because the gospel is the answer to every single problem that we have in society. Every answer that any problem that anybody has in their life, the answer is found in this word. If you're sick, there's an answer in this word. If you're depressed, there's an answer in this word. If you're impoverished and you need provision, there's an answer in this word. The gospel is the answer, the solution to all men. Are you with me? So what's the most powerful thing that we can do to fight against this system. Share the gospel with people. Get them saved. Get them born again. And get them on a path where they're following the Lord and following His Word. So you want to be revolutionary in 2021. Be a person. Listen to this. Be a Christian that actually shares the hope of Jesus. That's pretty revolutionary. I know when we read this Word... It wasn't really revolutionary. That was common Christianity, right? You got saved and you shared Jesus with other people. But you really, you will be a black sheep in 2021 if you're a Christian that, that lives for a purpose that's greater for themselves. And you make your life about pushing the message of Jesus, pushing the message of the gospel that God so loved the world, He gave His one and only Son, that whosoever believes in Him shall not perish, but have eternal life. If you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is the Lord and that God raised Him from the dead, you shall be saved. Hallelujah. All who call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Are you with me? That He won't only forgive your sins, He'll forget your sins and give you righteousness by faith. I mean, it's a, it's a wonderful message that sets people free. You'd be a revolutionary person if you made that the focus of your life. Amen. So, share the hope of Jesus. I want you to, we're going to break this down because this is kind of hard for a lot of people. So, 
I don't want to just give you this vague you know, answer with like no practicality to it. How can I do that effectively? So write this down. Every Christian, number one today, under Share the Hope of Jesus, every Christian is called to carry the Gospel. So let me explain this to you. We all have different callings. All of our callings are not the same. There are, I want to tell you guys, God needs preachers. He needs pastors. He needs evangelists. He needs prophets, apostles. He needs all of those things. But He also needs bankers that love Jesus. Can I tell you? He also needs school teachers that love Jesus. He also needs carpenters and plumbers and roofers and electricians that love Jesus, that love the Lord. Not everybody's called to be a pastor. Can I tell you, not everybody's called to be an electrician. I'll be the first to say amen. amen. Thank you, Lord. I'm not called to be an electrician. Thanks for bringing me one of my best friends that is, though. Very helpful. Hallelujah. Not everybody's called to be a mechanic. These are skills I understand that you can acquire, but everybody has different callings, has different gifts, has different talents, has a different place that God has called you to every day, day by day. Your Monday through Friday, your 9 to 5, your calling is different than mine. Mine's different than yours. Yours is different than hers. Are you guys with me? So we all have different things. But I want you to hear this. It doesn't matter if you're white or black, big or small, pretty, ugly, got braces, got butt teeth, got brown hair, got blonde hair. It doesn't matter. Even though we have different callings, there's one thing. I should actually say there's three things we're going to break down. But there's one thing that we are all called to do no matter what our calling is nine to five, day to day, we're all called to share the hope of Jesus. Can you say amen? amen? So write this down as well. We're going to break this down even further. You are called to bring Jesus to your sphere. Can you say my sphere? My sphere. Let's look at Mark 5, 14 through 20. Mark 5, 14 through 20. Because when you say that, you're called to bring the hope of Jesus, you're called to carry the message of the gospel, everybody starts thinking, alright, I guess I need a microphone, and I need a platform, and I need, or I need a megaphone, and I need to find me a street corner. I guess I better be a street pe preacher that goes to Walmart. No, that's not what I'm talking about. So I want to give you some practicality. How can this apply to your life? You may not be called to a pulpit, but you are called to bring the hope of Jesus to your sphere. Look at Mark 5, 14-20. Let's look what this means. I love this. This is where Jesus, He healed the man that was possessed by a legion of demons. So look what happens. Verse 14, it says, The herdsmen fled to the nearby town in the surrounding countryside, spreading the news as they ran. So basically, let me give you some backstory. Jesus gets off this boat. There's this man. He's been in a graveyard. He's a person everybody's been terrified of and nobody's been able to help. And just at a simple command, Jesus casts all these demons out of this man, sets him free in just one moment. So people are astounded because it was a sign. It was a wonder. Can you say wonder? wonder. It was a miracle that Jesus just set this guy free. So they ran and they started telling everybody. 
ran to the surrounding countryside, spreading the news as they ran. People pushed out to see, rushed out to see what happened. As the crowd soon gathered around Jesus, they saw the man who had been possessed by the legion of demons. He was sitting there fully clothed and perfectly sane, and they were all afraid. Then those who had seen what had happened told others about the demon-possessed man and the pigs. The crowd began pleading with Jesus to go away and leave them alone. As Jesus was getting into the boat, look at this. The man who had been demon-possessed begged to go with him. But look what Jesus said to him. Jesus said, no, look at this, go home to your family and tell them everything the Lord has done for you and how merciful he's been. So the man started off to visit 10 towns in the region to begin to proclaim the great news, the great things Jesus had done for him. And everyone was amazed at what he told them. Can I just tell you guys something? Not everybody is called to go on tour. Amen. Amen. Not everybody's called to travel around the United States and go city to city, place to place. That's not what carrying the message of the gospel necessarily looks like for everybody. Was it, would it have been a good thing to follow Jesus? You would have think in, in your natural mind, right? Well, that, that's a great thing. There's Jesus in the flesh. Of course you should follow him. Of course you should get in the boat and be one of his guys that goes from town to town and sits with them and talks with them and eats with them. It would have been a good thing, but it wasn't God's calling for that man. Are you with me? What was God's calling? Jesus is saying, look, let me just break this down. It's not God's place for you to actually come with me. God has a place for you in your own home in your own city, in your own community. God, you don't have to follow me and do what all these other people are doing. He said, go home and take the gospel to your sphere. Can you say your sphere? sphere. Say, focus on your sphere. So let's break this down even further. What is your sphere? We're all called to share the hope of Jesus and we just talked about that doesn't necessarily mean a microphone and a platform and a pulpit. God has called you to your sphere. So what's your sphere? It is everyone and everything within your influence. Now let me break this down even further. Your sphere is everyone and everything that your life touches. Say that my life touches. Can I, guys, can I tell you something? Donald Trump is not in my sphere. Amen. My life doesn't touch Donald Trump. I'm just giving you an example. Does that mean that I don't pray for him? Oh man, I'll pray for him. I love him. I'll pray for that man. I'll pray for these leaders. I'll pray for these people. But that's not my sphere. My sphere is everywhere and everything that my life touches. So what does that mean for, for me, for John Wallace? What does that mean? That means New Beginnings Church. It means Huntington, Texas. It means my friends and my family, the people that are within the the reach of my life. Say, Say my sphere. So no matter what you are, doctor, lawyer, electrician, plumber, doesn't matter. You as a Christian are called to bring the hope of Jesus to your sphere. And let me tell you, your sphere is different than my sphere. Your life touches different areas that my life doesn't touch. Are you guys with me? Let's break it down even further. So what, what is your sphere? Say family. family. 
He said to the man, go home. Jesus, I want to follow you, right? That seems like the spiritual thing to do. I just got saved. I just got touched. I guess I need to follow after you because that's what all these other people are doing. Jesus said, no, don't follow after me. Go home. Say, go home. Your sphere is your family. You were called to bring the hope of Jesus to your home, to your family. Can you say my family? What does that look like? Husbands, that means your wives. That means your children. Wives, that means your husband. That means your children. That means your brothers, your sisters, your mothers, your fathers, your aunts, your uncles. Start. Can I tell you something? Start at home. Amen. Amen. Start in your own back door. Start, start with the people that are close to you. You have a calling to your family. Who else is in your sphere? Your close friends. Can you say my friends? Who else is in your sphere? Your workplace or community? Who else is in your sphere? Your social media. I know some of y'all are like, oh, social media. Let me just tell you, if you have a social media, that is a, that is a part that your life touches. People are watching your life. So as a Christian, you accept this mandate that I'm going to use my influence, right? I'm going to use my voice in my family's life. I'm going to use my voice in my friend's life. I'm going to use my voice in my community's life that I'm planted in. I'm going to use my voice in my social media to share the hope of Jesus. Amen. My spear is my responsibility. Let me give you some kind of direction to run with this year. Matthew 25 the Bible says, I'm not going to read the whole, the whole parable to you, but the Bible talks about in Matthew 25, it's the parable of the talents and the servants. There was three servants that, that, that Jesus talks about. They were given these talents. And what did the master tell them? He said, go and invest this for me while I'm gone. So what does that mean for us about your sphere? Listen to this. Embrace where God has placed you. Can y'all say amen? amen? I want you guys to really hear me this morning. You're not in the family that you're in by accident. Do you know that? You weren't born there on accident. You weren't born in your parents' house by accident. You weren't placed in Huntington, Texas by accident. Can you say amen? amen. Or Lufkin, Texas, or Zavala, wherever you live. You're every single moment of your life to the point where you're at today has been orchestrated by God. It's not a coincidence. It's not accident. God has placed you there intentionally. So embrace your sphere as your responsibility. God has somebody that he wants you to touch. Are you with me? So can you just say my sphere? So every Christian is called to share the gospel with their spirit. That's their friends, their family, anywhere that their life touches. So let me answer this question then. How? How do I share the gospel? You may listen to that this morning and tell me, well, John, I don't know how to preach a three-point sermon. You may say, John, I don't know how to get up here and then preach some message about your sphere. I don't even know what you're talking about. I can't preach no three-point sermon. Anybody feel like that? I can't do that. I can't go in front of people and teach 
systematic theology and talking about transubstantiation, all this stuff. I don't even understand what you're talking about. You say, so how am I supposed to share the hope of Jesus? I'm not a pastor. What am I supposed to do? I want you to write this down. This will help you so much. Your testimony is your message. How can I share the hope of Jesus with this world? When I don't know how to preach, can I tell you? Share your testimony. If you're wondering, what's my message? Your testimony is your message. Let me give you a couple verses. Mark 5, 19. Mark 5, 19. This is what we just read. Jesus told the man. He said, let me come and follow you. Jesus said, no, go home. Can you say go home? So He said, go back to your sphere. And He didn't just send him back to his sphere, his realm of influence. He gave him the message that he, He's, okay, Jesus, I go home. I go back to the people that my life touches, the people that I have a voice with. What am I supposed to say to them? How do I share your message with them? Look what Jesus said. Go back home and in this simple as this, tell everything the Lord has done for you and how merciful He has been. How can I share Jesus with the world, guys? Just tell people what God has done for you. Every, you know, you don't have to be a street preacher that's got the most clever, elaborate way to talk to somebody and break through and convince them. Just simply spend your life telling the world what God has done for you. Tell people, guys, let me tell you, you know, you could say I was a drug addict for 15 years. And let me tell you how Jesus set me free. Let me tell you how He gave me peace. Let me tell you how Jesus restored my marriage. Let me tell you how Jesus filled my life with joy. Let me tell you how Jesus delivered me from alcohol abuse. Let me tell you how, what Jesus has done for you, how He's blessed my family. It's so simple. Don't overcomplicate it. Your testimony is your message. Are you all with me? Revelation 12.11 says this. It says, And they overcame Him, by the blood, say the blood, of the Lamb, and by the word of their testimony. And they did not love their lives to death. To the point of death. So, think about this. What is God saying? How do we set people free? You can't, the, the blood... The blood, everything that Jesus did for us, that doesn't set somebody free. God said there's another ingredient. It's not just enough that Jesus did all of these things. Here's the, here's the formula. Here's the combination. you got to have the blood, but then you also got to have how the blood saved you. How the blood set you free. What God has done for you. And when you tell them about what Jesus did and what He did for you, and now this is what He'll do for you because He did it for me, that is what sets people free can you say my message is my testimony say my testimony is my message look at psalm 66 turn there in your bible psalm 66 16 through 20 16 through 20 says this come and listen this is what david said all you who fear god and I will tell you what He did for me. Hallelujah. For I cried out to Him for help, praising Him as I spoke. 
If I had not confessed my sin in my heart, the Lord would have not listened. But God did listen. He paid attention to my prayers. Praise God who did not ignore my prayer or withdraw his unfailing love for me. What was David saying? Guys, let me tell you about a time that God answered my prayer. Hallelujah. I want to tell you really even just connecting with people. People aren't interested in how deep your theology is, right? This guy really knows the Bible, right? Man, this guy, wow, that was a really, we had a conversation. In that conversation, he gave me the five points to Christianity. That's awesome. You know, that's great and wonderful. But I want to tell you what really connects with people when you start talking about miracles. Man, let, hey, you know what? Let me tell you about the time the Lord healed my wife. Let me tell you about the time that the Lord supernaturally brought my daughter into this earth. Let me tell you about the time that the Lord gave us provision right where we at the very last moment. We didn't know what we were going to do. And he came through and he blessed us and he took care of us. That is what sets people free. So David said, come and let me tell you what he did for me. Your testimony is your message. Hallelujah. I can tell you how powerful it is. So so how can I bring the hope of Jesus to this world? Just begin to tell people that are in your spirit what God has done for you. He set me free. Let me give you some encouragement. If God hasn't done anything for you, press in and let Him do something for you and then go tell people about it. Amen. Y'all with me? Which Jesus has done a lot for all of us. I know... The power and just the simple power and testimony. Me and my pop, we were sitting on a fishing boat. And I can tell you, it's just such a great time. We weren't talking about the deep theologies of the Bible. You know what we were talking about? Telling stories. Man, this is when I got filled with the Holy Spirit. He's telling me how when he got filled with the Holy Spirit. He asked me, what was the turning point for your life? I began to tell him when I got filled with the Holy Spirit. When I was 16, this is what the Lord did for me. It's powerful. Say my testimony is my message. I know one time I was at a car wash. I can tell you this works even with talking to people you don't know. I was, we were at a car wash and there was this lady. Uh, and, you know, she was all masked up. She was afraid. And, and God bless her. Love her to death. And, and she just started talking about, you know, how most people are. Just everything that's going wrong in the world. And this is what the government's doing. This is what the school's doing. I don't know what we're going to do. I don't know how I'm going to make it. I mean, she just needed hope. She needed the hope of Jesus. So did we do? Let me sit you down, ma'am, and get my Bible out. I'm going to preach to you. No, we just began to tell her. She said, man, this has been the worst year I've ever had. And we said, Ma'am, let me tell you, this has been the best year that me and my wife have ever had. I saw her ears perk up and she said, what? I used to hear it, you know, in 2021, I haven't heard that. I haven't heard anybody saying that. I began to just tell her story after story about our church and, and, and God's blessing and God's provision and things that we've seen, how God has sustained us and taken care of us. And by the end of it, she was, she was like, man, I can feel something. She said, man, I, you know, I ain't used to a white guy talking like this. He said, where do you go to church? You're talking like a black preacher now. I mean, she was getting all excited about it. The word of their testimony. You overcome by the blood of the lamb in the word of your testimony. So write this down this morning. Point number two. We said everybody has a different calling. 
Your calling may be different than my calling. My calling is different than your calling. But there are certain things that we're all called to. And that one thing that we mentioned, the first thing was we're all called to share the hope of Jesus. I'm going to give you another practical way that you can do this. We just talked about how can I do that with my testimony. How else can I do that? Write this down. Every Christian is called to the local church. Can you say amen? Amen. So it doesn't matter if you are a doctor, lawyer, you know, a person that makes the caps that go on the toothpaste bottles. If you build park benches for a living, it doesn't matter. Every single Christian is called to the local church. Did you know that you can, sh- you can actually help push the message of the gospel in your community by serving the local church? We all know that we're all called to share this message, but you may be looking and say, well, I I'm not a preacher. I'm not a sermon builder. I don't know how to do that. Can I tell you a very practical way that you can help share the message of the gospel to this generation is by serving your local church. And by serving your local church, you plus you plus you plus me, and we all come together, and we are the light of the earth. We are the salt of the earth, the light of this world. We are God's answer to this community. We share Jesus with the community that we've been planted in. And when you serve your local church, you have a part that you play in that. Can you say amen? Amen. So every Christian is called to the local church. And I believe that. I believe that the local church is God's solution to every single community. God's solution to Chicago, Illinois. Guys, I'm, not, I'm telling you, it's not more government funding. It's not more policy. It is the local church. Jesus said that you, will be the, you are the salt of the earth. Salt wasn't just for flavoring. Right? You give the earth a little flavor. That's not what he was talking about. Back then, they didn't have refrigerators. You know how they, they, they preserved their meats? With salt. So he was, the, he was saying, you are what preserves the earth. Yeah. You're what keeps all of this working together. You're what, when a church is in a community, being the church, doing what the church is called to do, it is the thing that preserves the community that it's in. So you actually have a part that you're playing in the kingdom when you simply serve your local church. Amen. Are you all with me? I'm giving you some practical things. What can I do to be revolutionary? Serve your local church. Write this down. Say, I have a part to play in the local church. Let me show you this. 1 Corinthians 12. We're going to read 12 through 31. I'm going to read through this. It says, The human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. Look at that. The human body has many parts. Did you know the church has many parts? The church is not just the preacher. The church is not just the person that's speaking. That's just one part of the body. The church is all of us together. Can I tell you something, guys? The brain doesn't work if the heart's not working. Well, this guy's the brain, right? That's his job. But in order for the brain to even do his job, he can't do his job if the heart's not doing his job. And you know, the heart won't be able to continue doing his job if the liver and kidneys aren't doing their job. Are you with me? 
So just like a human body has many parts, it says so it is with the body of Christ. So say, I have a part to play in the local church. So he goes on to say, some of us are Jews, some are Gentiles, some are slaves, some are free. We have all been baptized into one body by one spirit, and we all share the same spirit. Yes, the body has different parts, not all just one part. Look at that. Not just one part. There's so much more for you. Can I tell you how to be revolutionary in 2021? And I love you all. This is just very uncommon. Be a Christian that does more than just, than just show up and listen and leave. That's so wonderful that, that you do that. That's amazing that you do that. God loves it that you do that. But can I tell you, there's more for you. There's more for you in being a part of a community where we do. That's why we're doing small groups. We do life together. We love one another. We serve one another. Your life is entangled in my life and my life is entangled into your life. And together, here's the because here's the thing. We're talking about my sphere, right? If my sphere is over here and I reach these people and your sphere is right here and you reach these people, what happens when we come together? Now, all of a sudden, we we have this reach that goes all the way from over here to the people that I reach all the way over here to the people that you reach with the influence of your life. Now, what happens if we add another person whose sphere is over here and now we build this chain? Now, our reach goes all the way from over here, all the way to over here. There's so much more that God has for you than just simply attending something. He has a part for you to play. One vision, one purpose where we come together with one goal in mind, one pursuit in life, sharing the message of the gospel with the world that we've been placed in. So let's read down. Let's see here. Look at verse 18. You know what? I'm sorry. Go up to verse 14. Yes, the body has many different parts, not, all, not only just one part. For if the foot says, I'm not a part of the body because I'm not the hand, that doesn't make it any less part of the body. And if the ear says, I'm not a part of the body because I'm not an eye, what would make, what, what, it doesn't make it any less part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, how would you hear? Amen. If the whole body was just some young, crazy, sweaty preacher up there preaching, how would it do anything? That's just one part of the body. Amen. If the whole body were an eye, how would, it, how would you hear? If your whole body was an ear, how would you smell anything? But our bodies have many different parts, and God has put each part just where He wants it. How strange a body would be if it only had one part. Yes, there's many parts, but only one body. The hand can never say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. Can I tell you something? Listen to this. You can't do this thing called life without the local church. Let me also tell you something. The local church can't do this thing called ministry without you. Wow, isn't that crazy? I know that leaders sometimes get prideful. And man, we, we're the ones that do this. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. You know that God, He's given us different gifts. He's given us different abilities. He's given us different things that will only be effective when we come together 
and, and serve one another, give ourselves to one another, and come and unite our hearts before the Lord and accomplish what he set us on this earth to accomplish. You know why he set that up this way? So that there will never come a day, if we're being true to Scripture, there should never come a day where I could look at you and say, I don't need you. And there will never come a day where you could look at the church and say, I don't need you. We need each other. Are you with me? We need each other. You can't effectively carry the gospel to the community that God has placed you in without the local church. And the local church cannot effectively carry the gospel to the community that it's been placed in without you. Are you with me? Let's end, let's end on this last point. Point number three this morning. Every Christian, so we've talked about this, right? Every Christian is called to carry the hope of Jesus. Every Christian is called to carry the hope of Jesus through serving the local church. Now what is something that we're all called to do, no matter your doctor, lawyer, plumber, electrician, doesn't matter. Every Christian is called to live, can you say live? live? Every Christian is called to live the gospel. Did you know as Christians, we're not only called to share the gospel, but we're actually called to also live the gospel. Amen. Did you know that? Amen. So that's what's so amazing. It's like we can do different things occupationally and be exactly where God has called us to be. But, but there's, there's one purpose. I'm a doctor, right? I'm a doctor, but I, what do I do? I, I, I do this. I help these people. This is my sphere. This is my place God has placed me in. But I'm going to use this influence to share the hope of Jesus. And I know even though I'm a doctor, God has still called me to live the gospel out with my life. Are you with me? Every Christian, say every Christian, is called to live the gospel. Let me ask you this question. If you were unable to speak, would people be able to tell that you know Jesus by your actions? If all of us could never say a word, right? We had no ability to go on Facebook and post, right, in our, in our little uh, info, information, Ephesians chapter 3, you know. Like, if that was not possible, if you could never speak and people only observed you, just by your action, could they tell that you serve Jesus? That's something that I've thought about. Let me ask these questions. If people just looked at us and they never heard one thing, what would they be able to tell by our demeanor? Ask yourself that question. If people just watched my demeanor day to day, would they be able to tell that I know Jesus? Do I walk around with a frown on my face every day? Do I walk around grumpy? Do I walk around looking like I'm stressed out? Do I look, walk around looking like everybody in the world is an inconvenience to me? Do you, do you, would people be able to tell that you know Jesus by the way that you look? Are you with me? Yes. Would people be able to tell that you know Jesus by the way that you treat others? Yes. Let me ask this question. What do we do for other people? You know, it's not a minor message. A major message in Christianity is selflessness. The greatest among you will be the greatest servant, Jesus said. Can you say servant? 
So it's like if we were never even able to, to tell anybody about Jesus, could they tell that we're different by the way that we serve other people? By the way that we do for other people? Are y'all with me? Let me ask this question. Are we generous? Are we stingy people? Are we a generous people? Are we the people that are constantly walking around hoping that somebody helps us out? Are we people that constantly walk around looking for somebody else to bless and somebody else to help? Are we people that are constantly, oh man, I sure hope that somebody pays for my meal, right? You know, it's really true. It's funny. I mean, and I get it too. I mean, I get it when you're, when you're just trying to, to pay your bills, take care of things, but you see it at a restaurant. It's like, you know, a, a waiter comes up and you're with a party of people and they're like, all right, you know, is this going to be on separate check? Before they can even speak, what do we all do as Christians? Oh, no, two different checks. Yeah, I'm over here, they're over there. There's nothing wrong with, you know, just living life and you have your family to take care of. But I'm just asking, do we intentionally do things to serve other people? Let me ask you this question. When's the last time we've done something for somebody else that did not benefit us in any way whatsoever? When's the last time as a Christian that you like say, I went out of my way to do something for somebody that did not have any benefit to me whatsoever in any way. So I'm asking our, our, the question, we are not only called to actually share the message, tell people our testimony, we're called to live the gospel. How do I live the gospel? What do our actions look like apart from our words? Here's a big one, guys. Do we love other people? Look at John 13, 34 through 35. Look what Jesus said, a new command that I give you. You are to love one another as I have loved you. Think about that. As God has loved us, we are to love other people. I'm not called to love like John loves. I'm called to love like God loves. And and I'm going to tell you, it's limitless. It's amazing. This is actually the series that we're going to get into next week. So you don't want to miss this. It's a series called Loving Others. Super creative. I was at at prayer and I was talking to everybody and I was like, yeah, man, we're going to be going into this series about, you know, love. And I can't remember what it was called. And I was like, oh, yeah, loving others. And they were just like, wow, that was super creative. Loving other people. Do we love other people? He says, as I have loved you, you're also to love one another. Look at this. By this. Can you say by this? this. What is this? By the way that we love other people. Will they know that you're my disciples if you have love for one another? So the Bible says that the world will actually receive the gospel, not just by what you say, but when you live the gospel. Are y'all with me? Y'all with me? Write this down. My mom always told me this growing up, and it's true. You may have heard this before. People don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. People don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. 
You want to talk about, I want to be revolutionary. I want to share my testimony. Guys, I want to tell you, it's not getting this Bible and pounding people over the head. I tell our youth kids this all the time. They're like, Pastor John, I went to school and my friends, they won't stop cussing. And I was like, so what? I'm telling them the Bible says you're not supposed to cuss and you're not. And I'm like, that's not that people don't care how much, you know, until they know how much you care. So why don't you just like love your friends like Jesus loves them? Love them. Right. Your friend gets there instead of like, you know, walking by them and dramatic like, hey, why don't you carry your friend's lunch tray to the table for a week? And after the fifth time in a row, they're going to be like, what the heck are you? Why are you doing this? Man, let, let me just tell you, I just love you. Let me tell you about the love of Jesus, how he loves you. I'm telling you, people don't care how much you know till they know how much you care. And then when they know how much you care, then they'll care to know how much you know. That makes sense. Y'all with me? So how can I carry? I'm going to close with this and pray for you. How can I carry the gospel to my sphere? Let me just give you some simple advice. It's really true. People are going to have a hard time hearing from you about a God that is good if you're one of the worst people that they know. <laughs> are you all with me? Let me tell you about the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And they're like, dude, this dude is like one of the worst people that I work with. They're not going to listen to anything that we say. So how can I be revolutionary? Not only share my testimony and talk about the Bible that I need. No, no. Actions. Love people. Serve people. What does our life speak without any words? Are you with me? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So I'm called to carry the gospel. I'm called to carry the gospel through serving my local church. And I'm not only called to carry the gospel, I'm called to live the gospel. If you want to be revolutionary in 2021, share the hope of Jesus with your life, with your influence. Can you say amen? amen. Just lift your hands and let me pray for you. Father, thank you for my friends. Thank you for my family. Thank you for this church. This church may be small right now, but it is mighty in Jesus' name. I thank you, Father, that what we do matters. I thank you that every life in this room matters, that you have a place for them, you have a purpose for them, and that you will use them and you will bless them, that they're not where they're at by accident. They're there on purpose and for a purpose. I thank you, Lord, that you'll use their mouth to share your good news. You'll use their hands to bless people. You use their lives to bless people. Father, I thank you that as we learn to love one another, we will reach this community in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, thank you that your blessing is upon every single person, whether they messed up a little bit or they were perfect, righteous, loving Christians. Your blessing is upon them because they've placed your faith, their faith in you, Jesus Christ. And your word says that you brought us into that place of undeserved privilege. So, Lord, we have your blessing by faith. I thank you for it. And it will carry us through this week in Jesus mighty name. And everybody said, amen. amen. I love you guys. You're blessed. You're dismissed. I'll see you guys this week. God bless you guys. Love you, Pop. Love you, Pop.
Thank you so much for tuning in with me as I shared the Word of God. If you would like to become more than just a casual listener and want to give to our ministry, you can do so in the following ways. For credit or debit, go to www.nbchuntington.org donate. For PayPal, you can send it to NBC Huntington. For Cash App, use dollar sign capital NBCHTX20. Thank you so much. I pray God blesses you abundantly. Until next time, this is John Wallace.